0: what's going on welcome everyone to the show paul george Deegan, adam Conk, in the studio recording today how's it going my man it's going great it really is i um how are you doing good you know i i'm lucky these days because i get to see you twice a week uh, one in our men's group, our mm-hmm. grit group, on Mondays, Monday evening. So shout out to our grit group guys. But uh, and then when we record, so I get to see you twice. I'm Pretty sure you're tired of me. No, no, not at all. Which is funny because when we see each other, we're like, man, how you been? <laughs> like we, can- <laughs> like we haven't seen each other. But it's That's good. It's a good point. I didn't even
1: think about that. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw you today, I'm like, man, what's going on? Yeah.
0: Like what's new since <laughs> I saw you last? <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing with my wife, I guess, when I see her at the end of the day, like, what's going on? How's it going?
0: Well, there's a lot happening in life, right? There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of change, a lot, you know, a lot of things going on. I mean, I mean, when I, for example, when I see you next week, you guys are having a baby.
1: That's right. By this time next week, I'm going to be at home with a new conk. And uh, of course, (laughs) I've been at home with him in the womb, but I'll actually see him.
0: (laughs) Sounds so funny. A new conk.
1: A new conk. A brand new conk. It's probably the youngest conk in the world. I don't know. Probably. You know, the
0: name conk can be uh, onomatopoeia.
1: That's true. I had an experience of that recently, actually. Um, I yeah. went to speak somewhere. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as soon as I get there, a, a very nice man, holy man, walks up that I just met. Uh, walks up and says, um, hey, I need to apologize. Mm. I said, for what? He said, well, when I hear words, I just kind of spell them how they sound. That's and, a Cajun
0: thing. Yeah. You know?
1: And uh I was in charge of kind of promoting this and I spelt your name K O N K.
0: K O N K <laughs> instead of C O N Q U E. Right. Which I get. Right.
1: So I'm just laughing. Yeah. And uh I said, don't worry about it. And um anyway.
0: That's that, a Cajun that thing, is like like for those of you who aren't down here, like one of the things is like Cajuns, like, will make a sound and create a word around it, or vice versa, a word and create a sound around like it. Like, kyo. Kyo, or "pyao," or, <laughs> you know, or conk. Like, I hit my head, and it, and it went conk. Right. And so now conk is a sound, mm-hmm. but it's also a word. And then you like, well, how do you spell that? And you say, K-O-N-K, conk. Yeah. yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, so that happened. Funny you say that. Yeah. Because that, that, wait, that happened... Two days? Yesterday? Yeah. That was yesterday. No. Dude, you're, you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. I know. He's putting it on your heart. Man, my head went conk. I love the presentation opportunity, because I got to talk about something I rarely get to talk about in groups, which was a meditation, mm-hmm. and I loved it. it. I enjoyed it. Great. You ever get that, like, you talk about some things kind of often, and then you get the rare opportunity to talk about that thing that you really love but barely ever get to talk yes. about?
0: Yes, I'm learning more and more to... Say yes to the things that I are, are really am passionate and you know uh, love to t- speak on because you're gonna you're gonna be more uh, prepared. You're gonna like it more. You you know whatever than to speak on things that I'm I'm not as you know mm-hmm. into not into but you know what I'm saying like yeah yeah yeah. 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 But, well, in this case, people just barely ever
1: ask to hear a talk on meditation.
0: That is very interesting
1: that's not it's not a usual
0: Catholic meditation
1: right, right,
0: right, prayer, yeah, 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 prayer I'm talking prayer, about prayer, prayer with
1: Jesus Christ, I'm yeah. not talking about like emptying your mind or right, or whatever, I'm talking about uh, connecting with Jesus in the prayer of meditation, right, and uh yeah, I've rarely gotten asked to talk about that right, so it was, it was a pleasure, so kudos to the group that want to hear about meditation,
0: yeah, for uh, thanks everyone for listening in, being part of the show. Uh, We've gotten great feedback, lots of listeners on the podcast sharing the show, great things happening. Happy Advent. We're approaching our third week of Advent. Halfway gone already. Goodness gracious. Pink, rose, all around, the joy of the Lord this Sunday. Mm
1: -hmm. John the Baptist
0: announcing the coming of the King. He's going to change the world. He's going to save us all, which is true. Mm-hmm. Uh I can not imagine the anticipation that they had back then not knowing what we know today. So like a lot different than what they're hearing John the Baptist thinking he's, you know, off his rocker. <laughs> and yet everything he's saying is, you know, preparing people for what God's going to do. So anyway, uh, yeah, you know, Advent helps us to focus in. But uh, great. Thanks for being a part of the show uh, here on KLFT, here in Acadiana as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So do you have a heavy scene? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though?
1: So this one hits close to home. Does um, it? Yeah. And I'll tell you straight up, it's because of a pregnant woman. Okay. It's a story about a pregnant woman. But it's not that my wife ever did this. It's just this person happens to be pregnant. And, okay. and we're going to be having a baby soon. So. Very soon. So this happened in Spain um, this month.
0: Is this conch number nine? Yes. Conch nine. Yeah.
1: Kong 9, but not the story. Not the story. But the, the reality. Of at your house. At <laughs> my house, yeah. yeah. So in Spain, um, a flight from uh, Morocco to Turkey landed at Barcelona's airport. Okay. So Morocco to Turkey, like Spain's not in, it's not, it was an emergency landing. Okay. Because um, a woman said she was giving birth and the contractions were like, it was happening. Okay. And she was pregnant. And, uh, so they, they land this plane emergency wise. Was she actually pregnant? She was pregnant. Okay. I don't know if she was like lying or well, (laughs) come to find out she was not in labor at all. Okay. And there were 14 people on the plane. She had bad gas. Um, who needed to get away from authorities for some
0: illegal purpose. Mm, so she diverted.
1: Yes. Nice.
0: And uh, I'm I mean, looking at the
1: flight path here. I say
0: nice as in like, wow, good move.
1: Well, first of all, okay. looking at the flight path, I'm being educated because I thought, how in the world from Morocco to Turkey to Spain makes sense? But yeah, the flight path goes like right over Spain uh, on mm-hmm. the edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it was approaching Turkey, they diverted and went to Barcelona.
0: Now, I've been on a plane that's been diverted. Okay, so if you're on a plane and that's something happening? Happ- yeah. Um, so what they do is, you know, whatever course they're on, say like you're going from here to Atlanta. Okay. And something happens midair. It could be something with a plane or a passenger, or maybe if it's even like a storm or like something, you know, it's like, they're going to find the closest airport to land the plane. Now, listen, they got to look at a number of factors, you know, air traffic. And then they got to make sure that that airport, even if it's like a local airport has a runway big enough To land whatever plane you have. So they're Mm -hmm. going through all this. Okay. And then, yeah, I've been diverted before a couple of times just to a random city that was in between the two destinations. So they had a plan to just divert the plane midair.
1: Yes. And which worked. And then, so apparently the reason why, okay, there were 28 people they figured out that were in on this plot. Nice. And she was one of them. This is cool. And uh, they're figuring out that these 28 people wanted to be lost in Barcelona. That was the idea, because apparently they had issues at either Morocco or Istanbul. Right, just divert,
0: hit the ground, and and just disappear.
1: Yep, they caught half of them. Really? But there's 14 people right now in Barcelona from this situation. Hmm. And it all started with a pregnant woman acting like she was giving birth on a plane. That is a wild story.
0: I wonder how much they paid this pregnant woman. to, Like, if she wasn't a part of their like team, Mm -hmm. you know? How much they paid her to do this? I would hope a lot because she's in trouble. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because this Advent, we actually focus in on a pregnant woman who was diverted. You
1: are such a master at this.
0: <laughs> like, we literally look at the life of Mary who is yeah. pregnant, right? Yeah. And her life was not only spiritually, emotionally, physically diverted, but, like, literally physically diverted to Bethlehem. Like, that wasn't in the plan. And then the census with Joseph, mm-hmm. they go back to where his family's from for the census, and they end up, you know, giving birth to Jesus in Bethlehem, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily part of Mary's plan. I mean, the, she wasn't from there. You know, she had no reason to go there. But now that she was betrothed, like, Literally, like, the whole story of Advent is about diversion. You're a master at this, I mean, And you're right, yeah. Like, Mary's life, like, when she was, she, you know, we, we we're going to talk about this later, you know, one of the things that we celebrated this week, the Immaculate Conception, but, like, we'll, we'll get to that. But the, the fact that, like, you know, from a young age, like, she didn't know God's plan for her. God revealed his plan in time. And yet, even in that, although she said yes, <clears throat> she was surprised. She had the grace to say yes. Um, like it, it diverted like what she was thinking her life would be or where it would go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the story of all of our lives, in a sense of like it's it's not this linear path of like boom, do all these things, and we're just gonna go straight down this line. Like God takes scribbled crooked broken lines and makes our story for us right like and that's even the story of the holy family there's these diversions of saint joseph didn't know god's plan and like had different plans and got rerouted and diverted and and then together they got diverted not only to bethlehem but then to egypt right and then from egypt back to nazareth and like there's this whole like rerouting that's happening in their life Mm -hmm. you know and so as these passengers are like intentionally diverting this plane to avoid authorities, like you can't say that <laughs> like, like, like God literally, literally diverted them from Bethlehem to Egypt to avoid the authority of Herod mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the massacre. That's right. To, to save the Savior. Mm-hmm. The Savior was saved by God diverting Right. And oftentimes we're like, why is God doing this in my life? Like, why did this happen? And why did this, why did I have to go this direction, that direction? And we look in regret in the in the rearview mirror instead of just saying, you know, God's going to use all those diversions for good.
1: And that's the difference that faith makes. Like I'm looking at this flight path. Um, I think any of us would say, here's Morocco, here's Istanbul. Here's a straight line between the two. Mm-hmm. That's what should happen. But I'm looking at the flight path that actually happened, and it's like it went there, then there, then there, now it's there. It's, it's all over the place. And a person of faith sees the logic of that flight path, right? So the one you just described, the logic of Christ being conceived miraculously in the womb of the Virgin Mary in Nazareth, going to Bethlehem to be born, fleeing to Egypt to not be killed, Right? Um, coming back to Nazareth, getting lost in the temple. Like, Christ's life looks like the second flight path, not the first. I mean, we, this is what St. Peter told Jesus, right? When Jesus said that he would have to die on the cross and rise on the third day, he mm-hmm. says, No, Lord, the straight path here is from Morocco to Istanbul. There's no way that should happen to you. I'll die before that happens. Right. And he says, Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking like human beings, not like God. Because really, in the end, we're only—it's only going only to make sense to us once the flight is complete, and we see how every turn made sense of the story of our life. Right, but that is hard to do in the in the flight. Yeah, it takes like a if, lot of faith.
0: You, and even if you look at the path from mm-hmm. the Holy Land, Bethlehem uh, to Egypt, they could have gone somewhere else quicker, like mm-hmm. a straight line, right? But you gotta you gotta go through, you know. Judea and then you got to hit the coast and you got to fall on the coast and then you got to go down into Egypt um you know there's significant theological connection to there right like mm-hmm. th- this is where the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and yet God sends Jesus the savior into Egypt so that like to to reclaim I, that land like yeah, like the new Passover f- yeah freedom is here right they could have gone somewhere else quicker to get away from Herod. The diversion makes sense in hindsight. Mm-hmm. And if you look back on your life and you're like, man, why did that happen? And why did this happen? And yeah, even some of those things like we forced to happen or we made mistakes, but God can take not only our mistakes and he can take his diversions for us and he He can make it all make sense for our good because God wants good things for us, right? everything about Joseph and Mary's life and Jesus was about diversion, you know, rerouting just like the Israelites, like God rerouted them to the Red Sea. Why? To save them. It made no sense. It wasn't the direct path, right? You know, it wasn't from Istanbul to Turkey. It's like, here's the direct line. Like they diverted off to the nearest and best airport to land this plane in Spain. It, it, it you know, it's crazy to to think about like, but, life is not about perfection and having this perfect life because it never unfolds that way, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, you know, the beauty is that, like, we can enter into the life of the Holy Family and realize that their life didn't unfold perfectly. That wasn't a perfect route. Like, it was constantly rerouting and diversion, and God allowed good things and great things to happen through that. I mean, this reminds me of
1: uh, St. Padre Pio, someone you wrote about in your upcoming book, Holy Mm -hmm. Grit, but his famous um, maximum, pray, hope, don't worry. Hmm. Well, the pilot is worried. I've never been a pilot, but I can imagine the lives of everyone on board are in my hands and I have to follow this path and not hit mountains and stuff. And like, There's a lot to worry about. The co-pilot is worried because they're aware of everything the pilot's aware of. Mm And they need to help and fill in when needed or whatever, right? Right. The only ones who really aren't worried are the children asleep in the plane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they're passed out. Maybe they're watching a, a movie. They don't know enough to be worried. Right. But they're on the path. And I think people of faith struggle in this aspect of faith that we may not realize. I should not be the pilot of my life. I know mm-hmm. I've gotten into trouble when I've set the course, when I've worried about what's in the way, when I, you know what I'm saying? that's not my role. I'm not even a co-pilot. Like, God's not going to tell me everything about my life. Mm. It's not, I don't need to know all the information. Mm. I'm happiest when I'm just on the plane of my life. Like, I'm just a a child asleep and just trusting that the destination makes sense. And when things happen, like, in my life um, that are on the way, I just, if I worry how this is going to interrupt my plan for my life i'm acting like the pilot i think
0: about this often just because i fly a lot and every time i get on a plane i'm like look i'm getting in a metal tube right yeah like that does not like have helium like it's really i think that
1: it's a metal coffin but okay go ahead
0: metal thank you (laughs) metal tube (laughs) you know propelled by jets yes it's forced you know to defy gravity Yes. Right? Like anything goes wrong with it. Like it's falling.
1: We're doing something that literally took humanity tens of thousands Mm -hmm. of years to figure out. Yeah. This is not simple.
0: (laughs) And every time I get on the plane and go somewhere, the literal thought every time I get on the plane is like, I have zero, zero control. Yes. Over this. Like I'm not flying this plane. I'm not directing it. I'm not routing it. I'm literally just sitting in a seat hoping that the people who are like taking care of my life. Or Mm -hmm. competent.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. And then I'm going to get from one place to the other safely. Like, I have zero control, which is why it causes me anxiety sometimes, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. who likes that? Not having control. But this is like the Christian life, the life of pursuing God and saying it is like giving God complete and total control, right? Yeah. Do we need to board the plane? Do we need to say yes and surrender? Uh, and have faith, right? Mm -hmm. everything's going to be okay. Yes. Like we can't sit on the sideline. Like we got to, we got to enter in, buy the ticket and get on board. But after that, like it's total surrender.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I have no control. And there's beauty to that of like, man, I just got to this destination. And all I did was just sat down. Yeah. Right. And the team did an awesome job. And there's anxiety into that, that we all experience in our life of like, man, this plane got rerouted, it got diverted, there was a storm, mm-hmm. there was you turbulence, know, turbulence, oh, turbulence. And mechanical issues, we got yeah. grounded for a while. That's, that's what life deals us, and yet when we put our trust in Jesus, he always takes care of us. And this is what brings us back to Advent. Mary and Joseph put their total trust in Jesus, in God yeah. the Father that he was going to take care of them. And no matter what the diversion and the rerouting was going to be, that God was going to take care of them. Advent, like Lent, can be the type of
1: season where we become a pilot. Even like well-intentioned, we love the Lord, we're ready to Advent, we become a pilot. So here's what I'm doing this Advent, right? Like I set the path forward. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go that on that day. And there's a kind of a danger in there to like over plan, over, over pilot Advent. Mm-hmm. And this year I'm appreciating how God has surprised me with his plans that I was not expecting. So the diversions, like the grit group, like I wasn't a month ago thinking or whenever we started, before we started, I wasn't thinking that's what my Advent would feature, right? Like there's certain things that God surprised me with on this journey that have been more fruitful than any plan I had. And, and sometimes I, I fail at the plan that I intended to do. But is that a failure? Is that God kind of diverting me from something else I don't need to worry about, right? Like a lot of times we make these plans about things that aren't important to God, they're just important to me. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are important to God that need to become important to me. And sometimes he lets me fail at the things I think need to change so I can focus on, okay, God, what do you want? Right. What do you want me to work on? Right. Divert me. Divert me. Divert me, Jesus. That's a good mode. <sighs> That's better than That's God is my co-pilot. Have you seen that? Yeah, I don't like that it's one. It's a well
0: intentioned thing, but he's not no. No, I mean if God's your co pilot, man, you need to switch seats. Yeah,
1: it's true. Get in you the back know, of the plane with the children yeah. watching their iPad.
0: Yeah, something's wrong with <laughs> something. Yeah. No, divert me, Jesus. <clears throat> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. That was interesting. You're yeah. you're the master. Let's at, divert this and at, uh we'll take a quick break yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna come right back. Healthcare care that works better and costs less? Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844 844- Three eight seven eight five three three. 387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Uh, diverted on the break. That's sort of our theme today. I love it because actually, you know, wasn't really thinking coming into the show about the Israelites um, diversion out of egypt I love the word diversion I often use the word that's in some translations in scripture uh, that they were rerouted you know we, we see that in the Old Testament this rerouting uh, that God does and then <clears throat> the plan of salvation although like in big picture we know that you know that plan unfolded but it it was a there was constant diversion mm-hmm. you know and even in in Jesus own humanity, like, how many times did he divert authorities? Did he, you know, like change course, you know, because it wasn't yet time for him to die on the cross? Well, that's the paradox:
1: is that what looks like diversions to us is the straight line for him, right? And and that his his commitment to the straight line. He would say things like that. My hour has not yet come, so he would say no to some things. And yes to other things, but as we watched him, you know, for three years, it seemed like each day was just a bunch of diversions because this this uh sick man asked you to heal him, now we're gonna spend two hours with him. Right. Because this crowd is hungry, now we're gonna do that. Right? Like it just seems like you're just responding to the moment and getting diverted from But it was all a straight line to the cross.
0: Right. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, man, I, I just love the imagery of that and and I, I'm hoping that everyone is listening just understands that <clears throat> our our life is constant diversion. And yet the more and more that we can sit in the chair and trust that Jesus is going to like use that for our good, even though it seems hard at times. Maybe we're dealing with suffering, maybe our life didn't unfold the way mm-hmm. we thought it would be, maybe we're in a situation in our vocation that's difficult or we're in a job or we feel like we're at a dead end. I look and I say all these things cause I've been at many places at the same time. Like I felt like, man, I'm at a dead end career wise, or this is happening or I'm suffering this, or why did this happen in my life? And, and yet the more, and more you trust the Lord it's like, I, I do, I've lived long enough to understand that like all the crooked lines that like in my past God has used to, to make sense, like to, to paint, a beautiful picture, not the picture that I would have painted, mm-hmm. right? And yet, the more and more that I try to like, you know, paint the picture of my life and and be the 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 architect and the author and the 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 painter of my life, it never comes out the way it should. Mm-hmm. Like God's in control, and you think about like like Mary, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, had to put total trust in Jesus because none of this was like in a sense like her plan. Like she didn't like sit down and say, Well, let me figure out my three year strategic plan. Right. And here's what it is. I'm gonna get you know, I'm gonna get pregnant. You know, I'm gonna, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here, move here, live here. I'm gonna have this baby who's gonna be the savior of the world. Like you like she couldn't have written that out. Like it's just crazy to think. And then we're we're sitting here like in history, like looking back and be like, Oh, that was so beautiful how that unfolded. Like yeah, it he, makes total sense to us. You know, the chaos and the confusion that ensued, yeah. and yet in it all, in it all, like God's diversion all made sense because his grace was there. Yeah, what
1: you're saying of, reminds me of the liturgical year. I mean, every year, starting in Advent, ending in, with Christ the King, we rehearse the straight line of salvation history, mm-hmm. right? Like this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Like we, we see the path of the life of Christ for our salvation, but at the same time, we enter into a mystery that was so confusing at the time. Right. And it helps us make sense of our life now, which is so confusing at the time. I mean, the holiday time, Advent into Christmas, is not a simple time for people. Hmm. This is not like a very peaceful experience for all of us. It's complicated. Sometimes it's, it's hurtful and painful. Sometimes it's full of worry and anxiety.
0: Yep, I'll tell you a story like of like me taking control Like, um, I had my whole family one year. All the kids were small. I was doing a a Linton mission in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so we drove. It was over the, like, Mardi Gras break and whatever. Everybody was out of school, so it was perfect. So we drove, did did a parish mission there for three days. And then I was going to go see family in Atlanta. So if you drive from Knoxville to Atlanta, you go over, you know, the the mountains, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Smokies. Smokies. Right? That's what's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And and so, like, that's the big part of the mountain. Now, you could go around it. So, I just – we were leaving, packing. You know the stress of getting all your kids in one car Mm -hmm. and all their luggage and not leaving either a kid or a bag, right? Right. (laughs) So, it's like, okay. So, I just mapped it, and it gave me the quickest route, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about it. So, I just hit map, go, quickest route. And before we knew it, we're, like, in the middle of the mountains on, like, a one-lane switchback road, (laughs) which – You know, like, and then we just, everyone was getting sick, including me, like car sick. That's awesome. You know, yada, yada. And then finally we came up to this little convenience store, lost in the middle of nowhere, no phone signal, so the map went out. Oh, my goodness. Right? So I just, you know, I wanted the quickest route. This is what I was going to do. So I walked into this little old convenience store, like just, you know, like you would picture in the mountains. Mm Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, you're lost, aren't you? And I said, what? yeah, how'd you know? He goes, you wouldn't be here if you weren't lost. Is <laughs> <laughs> basically it's what he said. <laughs> and then he points to the map. There's a map on the counter, right? So he's like used to this, like people getting lost. <laughs> and he goes, you're right here. I was like, okay, thanks. And he goes, where are you trying to go? I said, Atlanta. And he says, there, one mile from here is a four-lane highway. You can go 80 miles an hour. <laughs> And I was just like, all right, well, I'll just buy some chips and uh, drink and get on my way. And, like, literally, like, if I would have just, like, let, you know, like, been more patient, taken the longer route, I would have, like, gotten there faster on a four-lane highway. And, you know, I had to be diverted to learn yeah. the lesson. But, like, like that's just our life. Like, when we yeah. take control, we just end up at dead ends. and And God comes in and we're lost and he saves us and rescues us and points us in the right direction right I mean that is
1: that is confession right you walk into the confessional why are you here well I wouldn't be here if I wasn't lost right Right. so I would go to confession and then we're we're brought in close relationship again I mean the grace of reconciling us to the father puts us in that right relationship again to be on that four lane highway you know Um, and it's really close it's always as close as the father's love for us reconciling with him Right. coming back to him it's never a far away journey it's always a close journey in the confessional and uh, yeah that's beautiful man that's that's quite a story
0: yeah alright so uh, alright do you have a weird Catholic stuff what what what
1: Yo, you Catholics I tell you what y'all a weird fucks.
0: what do you got this week
1: y'all do some weird stuff yeah come on now Weird Catholics, stop! So this week we celebrated, yesterday in fact, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception.
0: Hmm. Big day.
1: And I just want to say two things. I love Our Lady, and I love this mystery, and I'm not disrespecting it at all, but I am going to say, people think it's weird.
0: People think it's weird. and It is a
1: weird Catholic thing.
0: It is a weird Catholic thing. Not only is it weird to non-Catholics, but it's also weird to Catholics if you don't fully understand what the Immaculate Conception is, right? So, like, yeah. it's not it's not the the celebration of Jesus being immaculately conceived. So, like, and it's this high feast day solemnity in the middle of Advent. It's this holy day of obligation not to force us to go to Mass, but because it's such a high feast day that it's, like, we need to celebrate this, you know, the beauty of, of this. So explain to me why this is weird. To people.
1: Well, I think people think it's weird for two reasons. One, people think it's weird how how much we love Mary in general. Right. Like, I guess if your view of salvation history is that Mary was just one of the participants of the life of Jesus, like she like Mary Magdalene and St. Peter, and like she's just kind of one of those group. You know, she's just kind of a, a disciple, a Christian like everyone else at the time. Right. Then everything we do with Mary is weird to you. Right. Everything. Because I'll, yeah, I think it's weird, too. If Mary was just another disciple, then the way Jesus treated her was weird,
0: and the way the church has treated her for 2,000 years is weird. But if you if And the you, way God treated her is weird. Yeah. Because did God treat any other saint or disciple that way? No.
1: I mean, is anyone else the mother of God? No. <laughs> <Right>? No. <laughs> like, Zero. I mean the closest thing to that would be Saint Joseph, who's the true father of Jesus in that he's the adopted father. Yeah. I I don't know, it's a pet peeve of mine when people say. But he's not the DNA father. father. Right. And
0: and this is what what is different. And you know, no matter where you come from or what you believe, the reality is for any Christian believe that Jesus has to have the DNA of Mary because he you know, all Christians, yeah. All Christians believe that Mary was the mother of God. right? Right. Uh, what sets, you know, the thousands of years of, of you know, theology of Christians and Catholics is that, you know, all Christians believe that, that Jesus was born without sin and then, you hmm. know, was immaculately conceived. Right. Like, like all, wasn't, cr- all Christians.
1: wasn't conceived in original sin. That Jesus never had the same original sin. Everyone right. agrees. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and that uh, Mary and Joseph didn't have relations, you know, At least before, before, yeah. So, like, all Christians believe that dogma. If not, like, you don't. Uh, But when you really look at like Old Testament theology and New Testament, like, they complete each other. The old and Mm the new complete each other. They don't make sense without each other, which is the beauty of salvation history. Okay, so like we'll get in and all this, but the reality is this is that the Immaculate Conception, the dogma of that is. Our lady,
1: by a singular grace from God, was preserved free from all stain of original sin from the moment of her conception to eternity. Right. So that preservation was complete. So it wasn't like it was just her conception. It was ordained by God. And then maybe she sins later. No, it was a complete preservation from all sin Mm -hmm. from the moment of her conception
0: forever. Right. And the question is, like often people say, was... did she not have like the the grace of mm-hmm. Jesus, the salvation and save through Jesus? The reality is is that the Saints talk about how the grace of Jesus is timeless. like mm-hmm. salvation is timeless. the the cross is timeless. And so she was preserved with that grace ahead of time, mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Like like she was saved through Christ ahead of time. The grace was bestowed upon her. and yet, like the way this this all really unfolds is like the presence of god in the old testament was carried in the tabernacle the holy of holies no no one with sin could enter into that only the high priest right supposedly supposed to you know be someone who was sinless to enter in there but like god in 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 that presence that holy of holies of the tabernacle Everyone believed that God could not exist within, like, this this sinful
1: right. presence. God and coexistence with sin. That's a great point, because, I mean, in the Old Testament, God's wrath is a constant theme, right? He's going to bring his wrath on these people. Lord, bring your wrath. Like, we pray for his wrath for sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like the Old Testament understanding of wrath was exactly what you're saying, where God, who is all holy, cannot coexist With that which is unclean or unholy Hmm. or even just normal right like let's let's not even take morality out of it God who is all holy can't coexist with that which is just profane which is just common right and so when that happens God's wrath happens and when um, this mingling of God's holiness and sinfulness or uncleanness happens God's wrath happens right and so there there cannot be um, the touching of the two and so in the Old Testament God takes a lot of pain to describe a situation where like you said his presence on earth in the in the ark of the covenant is not touched by that which is unclean and when it is his wrath comes about right the guy who died just cuz he touched the ark right God's right. wrath came upon him did he do anything wrong actually no right it wasn't
0: cuz he sinned right it's cuz he simply touched that which was all holy so how does this all make sense is that for <clears throat> Mary to contain God in her Physically, we really believe that she's the Ark of the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. She is the New Covenant tabernacle. She's carrying the Holy of Holies, right? Jesus, who is sinless, who is God, has to be <clears throat> contained in a sinless vessel, right? And to grow into that, the presence of God. And, and thus Mary is preserved from original sin because she is the new Eve, she has she is the new creation mm-hmm. where Eve failed uh, Mary renewed creation the new covenant you know as as Jesus is the new Adam so this beautiful theology unfolds during advent right and and the understanding of of salvation history and the importance of the mother of God playing a role in Bringing Jesus into the world and continues to play that role. And I think that's
1: the weird part for a lot of people is this was not her role 2000 years ago. This is her role all the time, all the time. And that makes sense of how the church is related to Mary for 2000 years. It also makes sense of how our Lord himself
0: Related to his mother. And that's where Earth. it gets weird because in other <clears throat> Christian theologies, like we, we'd never believe that, that God uses something and then throws it away, particularly. Exactly. A human. So why would God use Mary to bring Jesus into the world and then just kind of make no sense of her after? Right. Like, like she's, she's done. She did you're anything. the mother of God. You're <clears throat> without sin to bring Jesus into the world. And now you're just normal. Yeah. Now I'm just in no real re- different relationship with you than I am with another apostle or disciple. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, God doesn't use and throw away. God uses specifically and loves and, and takes care of. And so <clears throat> Mary played a unique, specific, and the highest important role in bringing God into the world. Like, like yes, God used her, but continues to use her in her role as mother. That's a great
1: point, point. and uh, I think by analogy of, of St. Peter, right? So he's the only one of the apostles, the 12 apostles, to have his name changed by the Lord, <clears throat> right? Like he's right. the only one who Jesus, like um, God changed Abram's name to Abraham in a divine edict. Like this was not, it's not like Jesus' nickname for Simon, mm-hmm. okay? It was like, all right, I am changing your name. You are mm-hmm. going to be called Peter, and the reason he changed his name was given to, because on this rock I will build my church. So there's a, a church reason for this. There's a
0: church reason for it. Different than Paul, who was Saul, is that, <clears throat> from what I understand, is that Paul actually had both names. Correct. Because he, w- he was of two different Roman and... and um, Jew- he, had, he had two different names because he was from two different cultures, basically, right. combined. So through his conversion, he started using a name he already had from Saul to Paul. Exactly. Okay. God didn't change his name. He had those names. He, but he used that conversion opportunity to use a, use, a new name. Right. Okay. It was his own
1: testimony of his conversion, let's say. Correct. And Paul means little one. And so he was he was fond of calling himself
0: Paul because it was like a little insult. <laughs> so right. Like, which which is humility. no different. Like we can use a saint name or we can... <clears throat> We can maybe have like a name that we feel like the Lord like endears us to in our conversion, like something like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But theologically with Peter, there was a, there was a divine intervention. Correct. And a public
1: one with the group. Yes. But why? Because Peter's office, his role Mm -hmm. was to endure beyond Peter. Mm -hmm. Like it was supposed to keep going. Same thing with Our Lady. The angel appears to her and says, hail full of grace. Not hail Mary full of grace, hail full of grace. That's her name to the angel. Her role of being full of grace, immaculately conceived from the moment of her conception forever, is a role that's going to be carried out Mm -hmm. forever. This is not a one and done thing. This is not like, thanks for your role, Mary. Now you're just like every other Christian in heaven. Actually, her role is vitally important to my relationship with Jesus right now. And that makes sense of everything, um, everything the church teaches. Her role is important to my relationship with Jesus right now.
0: That's why, like, in Advent, <clears throat> we journey with Mary and Joseph. Every year we rejourney, so we reconnect with the Holy Family. We reconnect with who they are. And, <clears throat> you know, in this, one of the great groups having, and it's in the group that you're in, is um, there's a couple of guys in the group that are, like, having specific movement in their spiritual life with Mary. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see um, <clears throat> growing in their devotion to Mary, like Mary's playing a role in their deeper conversion, their deeper love for their vocation, like different things like that. And that that is the beauty of a wonderful mother of Mary is that she just helps us to fall in love more. Mm-hmm. She helps us to <clears throat> stay in the seat on the plane and trust that God can lead us and be the pot. Like we can fall in love deeper because Mary helps us to do that. Like she doesn't become the center of attention, the savior. She's th- 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 has no desire to be that. Right. Never, ever. Right? Right. I mean, she expressed her
1: desire. My soul magnifies the Lord. Period. And you know, it's interesting if you really want to know Jesus, like I, I want to know Jesus. Um, obviously a direct relationship with him is the goal. I, I want to know Jesus by him speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But we have to we have to be considerate of how our Lord wants to speak to us. Right. I have to I can't control the terms. I can't say, Jesus, you talk to me directly in prayer, and no other way. Right. I have to ask him, Lord, how do you want to speak to me? How do you want to reveal things to me? Right. And we know from scripture that Mary kept all the events of Christ's life in her heart. Says it twice. Mary pondered these things, these mysteries of Christmas, of the life of Christ's, pondered these things and kept them in her heart. Scripture tells us where to find the mysteries of Christ. In the heart of Mary. Hmm. That's where it's kept. God went out of his way to reveal to us that it, the mysteries of his son are kept in a very particular way in the heart of his mother. And so I have to hear that from God and then seek Jesus in the heart of Mary. The mysteries of the kingdom that God wants to reveal to the little ones right are kept in the heart of Mary. Yeah. And Advent is that time to draw near to that heart. To draw near to contemplate the mystery of Christ's birth, to contemplate the mystery of Christ in our life, the way he wants it to be contemplated in the heart of Mary.
0: It's weird Catholic stuff, that is but weird. It's, um, it's it's true. good. It's amazing, you know, that God opens the heavens of our hearts to like contain more of him, you know, mm-hmm. through the beauty of of all this. So, okay, We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in. Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in on the podcast or on KLFT Radio. Christ, our King Radio. He is our King. Well, that he is. Yeah. Whether Whether we
1: like it or not. We like it, though. I like that
0: he's my King. Yeah, well. Like it or not, he is the King. He is the King, whether you believe it or not. Yeah, I do believe it. You know, it's interesting to me because there are certain truths and realities that exist whether we believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately,
1: even now, uh, as we speak, when it comes to religious truth, it's been classified in people's minds so much that um, it's seg- segregated from the rest of life. Right? Like, I can believe Jesus is king. But that doesn't mean he's king of everything. It just means you think he's king of, like, your religious part of your life. But, you know, when it, when we do other things, like work together or... You know, you, you go vote in the booth. I don't know. He's not king of all that. He shouldn't be. Right. Ridiculous. Jesus is king of everything. He's king of the voting booth. He's king of uh, my workplace. The phone
0: booth. My family. My house. The food booth. The food booth. Every booth of your life. The food trucks. He's, he's king of the food trucks. He's king of every booth. Yeah. You know, the like corner if you're, booth. All the booths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the
1: booths. All of them. There's literally a Jewish feast about it the feast of booths. Really? Yeah, also known as Pentecost oh the feast of booths it was literally a bunch of booths that Jesus is yeah we should uh,
0: we should um you know do a little quick weird Catholic stuff on the booths you know so let's do it yep question all right question number
1: one so uh you you shared an awesome story about being diverted mm-hmm. a couple of times
0: um so tell me about one of those diversions where'd you end up so I actually think, like, if I remember correctly, I was coming from California back to Louisiana, hit a storm, and uh, <clears throat> ended up landing in San Antonio uh, for hours and hours, sitting on the tarmac. Um, I think it was a either a storm or mechanical uh, difficulty. It was weird because people were kind of freaking out, panicked. They're all everyone's going to miss their Flights because they were connecting somewhere, whatever the case may be. So it is weird when the pilot just comes on and be like, Hey, we're going to land. We're being diverted and we're going to land somewhere. We never expected to land.
1: Mm -hmm. That is weird.
0: Yeah. All right. uh, Question number two. So
1: we talked about a woman on a plane, diverting a plane to let people get away Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Other than your wife, have you ever witnessed a woman in labor
0: other than your wife? Um, like going into labor, um, no, I, I wouldn't want to like witness anyone other than my wife. Um, did, you know, I've, I've been in a crowd before where someone went into labor and they had to like, you know, rush her to the hospital. did have one time where, um, this woman was, this young girl was dealing with some issues and she let's just say had some psychological issues and she was pretending like she was in labor. Really? Yep. Just and, like the story. Mm-hmm. And giving birth to Jesus though. Oh yeah. She had some mental issues. Right. Right. They had to take her to a hospital for other reasons.
1: All right. Question number three. Um, we kind of touched on a, on a sore subject, not sore. We touched on a, we touched people's hearts. I think Right. <laughs> when we brought up the idea that anxiety comes from being in the pilot's chair, Mm-hmm. And uh, peace comes from just getting in the, you know, like, get back in coach and relax. Um, any thoughts? I know you've worked with people on that kind of thing. Any thoughts on letting go of that need to control the
0: plane? Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's anxiety. I think we, you know, there is some stress of letting go and surrendering and being in this seat where I have no control over my life, you know, in a sense. Like, yes, we should work hard and pray and, you know, do all those things that we can control in a sense to to like bring peace into our life. But ultimately, we're not the designer of our life like God is. But it's okay to say like, oh, man, like I experience some worry or anxiety when I have no control. Right. Like I think that's the human journey of just allowing God in that anxiety and worry. Right. And Jesus mm-hmm. says, have no worry at all. Why does he say that? Because we worry. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't say it if we didn't struggle with it, (laughs) you know, like. That's right. So, like, to just own it and be like, it's okay to, like, say that, like, I worry or have anxiety or fear or I have some doubt. But let me invite Jesus into that and let him speak to it and give me peace in the midst of that. Awesome.
1: All right, question number four. We talked about Our Lady, and um, you mentioned that a couple of guys in our group are growing in that devotion uh, particularly through this idea of Mary and consecration. So my question is, what is that? And um, how do you know if you should do that?
0: Yeah, it just seems like um, Mary has a way of of just tapping on our hearts and inviting us like a gentle mother to come to dinner, you know, per se. Um, just ask Mary, like, what's next, you know, in your relationship with her? What should you do? So there's some things that we can actually do to kind of, kickstart that relationship with her and learn more about her. There's the 33 uh, day devotion to Mary, a consecration to Mary. There's a couple of books on those. And those are beautiful ways to like, just journey with Mary, learn about her and then learn how to pray for her intercession for our, our deeper conversion. And like, you know, <clears throat> stuff like that. So I'm a couple of, di- couple of guys I've done the 33 day consecration before. It's awesome. It's great. Like, you know, it's like, why wouldn't I? Because it's only going to help me grow closer to Christ. It's not going to, like, lead me the other direction. Right. So. Awesome. All right, question number five. Um,
1: we mentioned the uh, rerouting from slavery in Egypt and, like, Israelites coming out had to go different routes and things like that. Um, I want to ask you about those that feel enslaved to things. Like, they know they need to stop this or start that, and they just can't. Right. Um how important are diversions? Because, I, like, I know for myself, when I felt enslaved, I just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expect results. How important are diversions in that kind of situation, and where do they come from? Like, who can reroute us? Who can help us get on a different path?
0: Well, there's a lot of ways. You know, like, if, like, if you're saying we're at a dead end, like, we just need to be rerouted. Like, mm-hmm. we know, like, we need diversion. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons, like, doing these grit groups, is like, we need each other. Like, and through, like this community, like it helps to kind of give us new perspective, reroute maybe our spiritual life, our prayer life, or even connections, you know, with, with work or like support or like all these things. Like if we isolate ourselves, you know, it's really hard to divert ourselves because we, we begin to kind of turn inward. We need other people. We need help. We need prayer. We need the sacraments. We need the church. We need spiritual direction. We need community. We need, confession all those things right to help us to see beyond like just the fact that i'm at a dead end like the israelites were at the red sea and they thought that they this was the end right and they they didn't believe that god could part the red sea right they they cursed and doubted and then he parts the red sea he did do that he did do it all right question number six um
1: so i have a baby coming next week you do it actually yeah your wife's gonna do all the work she is She's awesome, um do you have any advice for me?
0: I mean, this is number nine yeah. I mean, I still need advice. you really? I've been through this a few times, but give me some good advice, man. well, I mean the best advice, honestly, obviously is like just be there with your wife, mm-, mm-hmm. let her know everything's gonna be okay, and get her the best meal she wants after That's a good yeah, so ask her ahead of time like what like what you gonna be craving after, and I'm gonna have it ready for you okay. They burn about like ten thousand calories given, you know, oh, it's going something. through labor. It's a marathon. They don't eat for a long time. I don't. I don't know. Like, well, I'll take your advice. I'll yeah. let you know how it goes. Yeah. What's What's the meal, man? <laughs> what's the meal plan? Yeah. Okay. You know, that works. It's like if you ran a marathon, you would be thinking halfway through the marathon, what am I going to eat and drink after this thing's over? Twenty six mm-hmm. miles. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would be that meal, man? Sounds good. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Thanks. And and no money matters when it comes to this meal, by the way. Right. Yeah. Don't let her get like the hospital meal. Hey, we're going to bring you a turkey sandwich.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Lobster thermidor. Whatever. I don't
0: yeah. really care what door. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just do it. It's a good day. That's the only advice I have. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's really good. So was that the sixth question? Yeah. That was the last one. That was it. Awesome. Well, welcome everyone. Thanks for being a part of the show. Like, great Advent. uh, Continue to allow the Lord to um, reroute you, Mm -hmm. divert you. And the more and more that you just surrender and trust and just say, Lord, just divert me. Like, take me where you want me to go. We begin to gain traction spiritually in our life, emotionally and physically too, you know? And so... Just allow God to do that in your life and um, just jump in. So thanks for being a part of the show. Feel free to share it on the podcast. And Thanks to Kel F.T. And thanks, to Deacon Adam. When we be back, we'll be back. We'll be, 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 be. <laughs> we'll be back next week. God bless.